And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. Okay, first off, okie dokie, artichokey. We're going to cover some new material in a different way. And by this, I mean I will try, hear that word, try? To sh- don't try, only do. Okay, yeah, I'm going to try and share portions of my testimony. I had a thought uh, about entering the third year of the radio show, and I, I've not figured out a perfectly coherent way to share all of this testimony. It's just so many things, right? But I'm getting this sense from the Lord, and I'm, I can't cover everything because I have not uh, the ability to do 10, a 10,000-hour 10, long show, but I'm going to share with you one way or another if the Lord uses any of it to bless you or to encourage you or strengthen you, receive it, take it, hold it. It's an important part. Uh, next, a second point and a huge word of caution. I don't think of my past the same way that most people do. I subscribe to the Captain Kirk theory of past life development. <laughs> people look like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's right. Here's what it is. What I went through and what I did was wrong, dark, and evil in my past, but I would not have come to the Lord without these events the way that I did and in the power that I did. So I see them as a launching pad for the road to redemption. That's how I look at it. And uh, last note, this sharing does not validate or invalidate anyone's theology. I cannot express this enough. If you uh, hear what I have to say and says, well, what doesn't happen? Cool. I mean, you just stand with it. I'm just telling you what happened to me. There's nothing else I can do with it. I just got to share it. It also does not bow to anyone's theology because that's I'm not going to do that either. I'm just going to share and you take in what you can and don't worry about the rest. God extremely blesses me a lot. But I am more like the demonic from the country of the Gerasenes, where Jesus told them, declare how much God has done for you. So I'm going to share with you, but I'm going to do it still a little bit muddy and from the tombs. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing politics, entertainment, and current events. Eh, Not that much. Okay. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. Hold on. Let me make sure it's working. Yeah, it's working. Okay, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. 
That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, it's like you're visiting a Farrell's ice cream shop because you'll be talking to Captain Chris and then you'll be... Now, do you know what a Farrell's ice cream shop is? Oh, God bless you. See, if you had ever eaten the zoo, you would know, right? People that are listening to my voice are going, oh, yeah, the zoo. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. It's the zoo. About 90 scoops of ice cream, and it's, it's called the zoo. And if you eat it, you get it free. It's kind of like one of those things. <laughs> okay, anyway. All right, back to normal stuff. So uh, bottom line is you can reach out to us if you have a thought, an opinion, a comment. If you have a question, you're welcome to ask it even during the testimony time. I'll stop the testimony to answer questions or to pray for people or to hear praise reports because it's worth it. It's worth it to me. I mean, I'll share the testimony as much as I can. And one thing, to, by the way, to be in prayer about is I'm thinking about really going in depth and sharing this week, then sharing a little next week, and then next week, and then next week. It could take a long time, but I've never done it, and I've always wondered how that would go. We'll see. But in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, you can, especially for things like praise reports, prayer requests, or... Trivia, what type of person did Jesus allow to cast the first stone at the woman caught in adultery? <clears throat> what? <clears throat> maybe I should do the other voice. Maybe. What type of person did you? Okay. What type of person did Jesus allow to cast the first stone at? Regarding the woman caught in adultery, if you think you know the answer to that, you can reach out to us at 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at he must org. L wants, he gave the right answer, and then he goes, or Nolan Ryan. <laughs> okay, we're losing it. All right, uh, again, that's the question. What type of person did Jesus allow to cast the first stone in at the woman caught in adultery? We have somebody calling in. We have people texting in. It's always fun when we have stuff happening. I mean, that's like the fun of the show. Uh, so they are on hold, so I'm going to lean over, and here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Fred, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Listen, I listen to you daily. I love your program. I love your format, and I love your theme song. <laughs> listen, the answer to that question is no one. He didn't allow no one to cast the stone. That's right. And why could they not do it? Because they had what? They had not what? Why couldn't they? They had not repented. They were guilty of sin, too. That's exactly it. Right on target. They were all sinners. It's like, you know what? You who can want to throw a stone, you can throw one if you've got no sin. What? Nobody responding right. to that? Bye-bye. Right? Awesome. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Excellent Bye. job. Excellent, brother. Excellent work. All right. That is awesome. What a great job. Thank you for calling in. And you have to call in again. I love your energy. It's great. All right. Get ready. 
All right, hold on to your hats. We're going to have to figure out how to do this. I don't even know if we're going to be able to take breaks the normal way, so I don't know how this is going to go. Let me just say this. I was born in uh, a very unique family. My family, I'll just make this real quick. I was born, in a, born and raised in a Jewish home in Detroit, Michigan. My dad was a, a family member of a building business, listen to this, that built hospitals in Detroit. Okay, plus apartment complexes and office buildings and skyscrapers and stuff, right? Our family was loaded. How loaded? We had a boat garage inside our house. Not, not, most people have a boat, they move it. We had it in the house. Is that big? That's big. (laughs) Okay. We had a pool and a tennis court, the whole thing, right? The whole nine yards. And for me, there were a couple of very important points that you need to be aware of. I was the third child. I was the one that my brother and sister tried to actually suffocate with a pillow. They did. They tried to kill me. Uh, and I just tell them on a regular basis, whenever I talk to them, you're still killing me. You're still, you're just killing me. And so uh, they tried to, but I... Uh, Apparently prevailed, <laughs> so that is good. But I had always been into comic books and sports. Those were my two things. Now, people, when they think of comic books, you think of all the stuff that's going on now because of the movies, uh, like all the different – no, 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 no. Back in 1967 and 68 when they were doing the comic books, they were great. It was good versus evil. There was nothing else. There was nothing weird, no bizarre. They didn't try and do social issues the way they do now. They didn't do any of that stuff. It was good versus evil. That was it. Whoever was good ultimately would win. Whoever was evil would ultimately lose, although it was a struggle. I was like, okay. And then I was into sports and big time into sports in the context that uh, we played everything. There was not a sport we didn't play in Detroit. We were the city champions in our in our little league. Uh, I, I did really well. I was ten and zero as the pitcher and hit over five hundred. So that was pretty good. And uh, we had a blast. We had a wonderful upbringing, but we knew nothing of God. Here's the thing: I don't want you guys to. F- Freak out. This is the most weird thing. My family was well off enough that we had a maid. I'm sorry, a domestic engineer. Okay, but in the 70s and the 60s, she was called a maid, and her name was Sarah. And if you've read my book, you know how much props I give to Sarah. Sarah was a Christian, and she believed that God put her in our home and prayed over Lori, Billy, and myself from the moment she became employed with my mom and dad, she prayed for us babies and believed that God had called her to that place to be a prayer warrior. Now, out of the three of us, two of us from a Jewish family became Christians and went on to do ministry. Before I was born, no doubt about it, God laid a path and put somebody there to be interceding for me, which when I tell you this next thing in the next segment, you'll go, well, that, now that makes a lot of sense. But there was this woman that God placed there to pray every day. You know what? She didn't see much of that from me for 16 and a half years. But before she passed, she did. And we hugged and we cried. And it was intense. We'll take a break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. 
is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a PhD program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and, and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I want to give a quick shout out to Fred who called prior because while he was answering the, the, the trivia question, I said, Jesus said to those guys, bye-bye. And I think Fred thought I was talking to him and I didn't want him to think that in any way, shape or form. See, I'm a sensitive guy. Well, the part of me that has a heart that's still beating, that's the sensitive guy. So, Fred, I didn't mean to do it that way. I hope you didn't uh, take it that way. So I thought your call was fantastic and you were great. Okay? All right. Uh, just making that correction just in case somebody uh, leaves it out there. Uh, all right. Let's get ready for our next trivia question. Now, now you guys, you guys should know this. <laughs> that's the nicest way to say this. But you should know. But it is a challenging one. 
because it is our second, our, our question number three, but this is the one in the second segment. I always make that harder. Which Jewish prophet who lived in the time of Ahab is mentioned in the last chapter of the book of Malachi? Okay, now listen to the question. Which Jewish prophet who lived in, I'll just say Joyan and Cordelia, zing, which Jewish prophet who lived in the time of Ahab is mentioned in the last chapter of the book of Malachi? Now, if you're not sure of that answer, you can look in the last chapter of the book of Malachi, which would be the last chapter of the Old Testament. So it can't be that hard to find. <laughs> Just going to go with that. All right. Uh, to reach us, 972-445-0770. What prophet was mentioned in the last chapter of Malachi, last chapter of the Old Testament? You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org. While you guys are trying to figure that out, last chapter of the Old Testament, what prophet is mentioned, I'm just going to do a few quickies because of our time frame. Uh, quickie jokes, although I think they're cute. <laughs> so I'm doing them one way. I, I mean, one way or another, they're getting done. It doesn't really matter. Okay. And again, I want to make sure Fred knows, hey, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to say for you to go bye-bye. I said Jesus was saying bye-bye to those people. All right, never mind. All right, here it is. Ready? My first job was working in an orange juice factory, but I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. Come on. That's not the one. Okay, that got buzzed. Uh, then I worked in the woods as a lumberjack, but I just couldn't hack it, so they gave me the axe. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. After that, I tried to be a tailor, but I just wasn't suited for it because it was mainly just a so-so job. <laughs> You can, come on. Next, I tried to work in a muffler factory, but that was too exhausting. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> I tried to be a chef. I figured it would add a little spice to my life, but I didn't have the time. Uh, get it? Rosemary and time. Okay, and here's the last one. I attempted to be a deli worker, but anyway, I sliced it. I couldn't cut the mustard. <laughs> Come on, people. Those are funny. <laughs> I couldn't cut the mustard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's get going <laughs> before I lose it. Uh, which Jewish prophet who lived in the time of Ahab is mentioned in the last chapter of the book of Malachi? Okay. It's a prophet, right? It's the last chapter of Malachi. You just... <laughs> Just go to the end of the book at the last chapter of the Old Testament, and you will find your answer. If you think you know, you can reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. Now, this next segment of the testimony is going to be a little tougher, and we may, I will let Chris know, we may forego uh, our break because there's just so much in this because right there I just gave you 12 years of and you know that's pretty hard to do but uh, we're just got there's so much to go so let me just uh, read this passage and you'll understand where I'm coming from perhaps this will help uh, it won't help bring clarity but it'll help you understand this situation some of you know this already Psalm chapter 68 verse 20 our God is a God who saves from the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. 
You hear that? Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. All right. So uh, as my dad was growing financially uh, in uh, our uh, lives, he was uh, he became actually his uh, the family business had been around s- at, since 1919. They were building these structures, so the family did very well, built a lot of stuff. My dad had his offshoot own company, plus he had ownership in the main company, and so then he decided to build a big house in a big neighborhood in a nice place. Uh, in West Bloomfield, uh, West Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. So for those that know anything about Michigan, you know, oh, that's pretty nice. It's like, yeah, okay. Kind of like the nice stuff, you know, in, uh, in, in California would be like, you know, Rodeo Drive and says, yeah, now you're getting, you're getting the, the, the clue. Just to let you know, my dad bought out his older brother, uh, and asked him to leave. He, his older brother, uh, Ira, went to California where he bought property on an unknown street called Sepulva Boulevard and uh, then sold all those for about, you know, $150 million. But anyway, forget that. What we're talking about is this. So my family moved. We're in both Bloomfield Hills, and I went to a place called West Hills Junior High School. West Hills Junior High School was so not nice. So nice. How nice was your high school, Dave? You know the nice high schools they're making now. I went to high school when I was in my in the in the seventies. That my high school was nicer. <laughs> Fifty years later, no, you don't understand. We were on fifty-six acres of wood. That was what the high the junior high was. Sur- that's the junior high surrounded by. We had classes like cooking in the leaves. You ever heard of cooking in the leaves? That's where you go in and you go out into nature and you get sticks and you put them together in a little pile and you light it on fire and then whatever food you brought from home you've wrapped in tinfoil and you put it on the fire and after a little while you pick it up there and then you open up the tinfoil and you eat it. You can get an A for that. <laughs> I feel like God is... You know, it's kind of like judgment, <laughs> what I'm going through now. But anyway, this is uh, uh, how my beginning was. And uh, when I first got to school, uh, one of the few Jewish people, wasn't as many Jewish people there, had a hard time fitting in, couldn't catch my rhythm, couldn't figure it out. Where do you go when you can't figure out what to do, how to get involved with people? When you're feeling alone and nothing is working right, you turn to drugs. The, the, the culture of drugs, whatever anybody says, the culture of drugs is one thing that the church is not. And that is exceedingly accepting of any member, period. Nobody in the entire realm of drugs goes, no, you can't come in, you're this way or this. That doesn't happen. You guys know that's the, and so what's amazing is that the church hasn't figured that out. That's what's amazing. So I got involved in the realm of drugs and didn't get involved lightly. I got involved very uh, steadily and got involved in dealership and de- you know, dealing. People would come to my house and front me uh, drugs because of the size of our house and because of what they I mean, we had heated, we had heated cement. <laughs> you discuss, it's not really hard to explain, but if there was a problem with snow, it didn't last. It's just the nicest way to put it. And during, for my bar mitzvah, it snowed 24 inches and my dad hired his own construction crew to completely plow out the neighborhood. Then being the generous guy he was, he went around and knocked on everybody's door and tried to collect money from everybody. That's, you know. That's my upbringing. <laughs> Besides that, he had a separate phone that nobody was allowed to touch, but that my mom and him somehow came to agreement on. It was for all his mistresses. I don't, don't ask. I, yeah, I don't know. All right, so 
I got involved with drugs. We'll skip the. We're gonna have to skip the the fill. There's no way I'm gonna get to it. So I got involved with drugs and in a pretty heavy basis. And one time, a friend of mine who uh, lived across the street, another nice house, another nice neighborhood. We're in a very nice neighborhood. Him and I uh, went past the marijuana level of drugs and got into hallucinogenics and some other things. So we took uh, these uh, particular drugs and decided, okay, watch this, that we knew a neighbor was out of town. Now I'm talking about a multi-million dollar house. You're talking big, big. And we decided to rob the house. You don't know how dumb drugs make you. you just people are doing this. It makes you stupid. If you think it's stupid when somebody is drunk, that's nothing. When you're on mescaline or when you are Mr. Natural, you're a moron. There's just no other thing for it. And so we knew they were out of town. They were out of town. They were doing their every two week uh, Florida thing kind of thing. So we went and we broke into their house, into the Shapiro's house. <laughs> very, very nice house. And we went through their entire house. We knew they were gone. It wasn't like there was risk per se, except we were high on hallucinogenics and we came across uh, some alcohol and uh, a whole bunch of money, just like, and then there was one other thing we came across. It was a gun and we took it because we didn't know. I mean, how do you know? We're, we're nutsy, right? So the person I was with, his name is Stuart. So we, uh, we leave there after we take stuff. And we go to the junior high school, and in the junior high school, there was a, what we call an upper and a lower pit, okay? And the pits were where all the the bad kids hung out, <laughs> the freedom of freaks and jocks. That was our freaks was, was there. So we were in the upper pit, and we went to the lower pit, and then went back to the upper pit, and uh, we were not in our right minds, and we were talking to one another and came to the conclusion while on hallucinogenics— that life didn't seem to have any purpose. It has no purpose. It's like, well, who cares? I mean, so I, and we would say to each other, now remember, we're it was a wealthy, you know, people build monuments to themselves. They live 70, 80, 90 years. They die. They never know what goes on with their family. I mean, talk about a, a an Ecclesiastes point of view or a Solomon point of view when things are going sour. That's exactly what we had. And we had that going on in, in abundance. So we made a decision that after we were done smoking the stuff that we were smoking, the wacky tobacco at that point, because we're still doing all these weird things, that we would uh, just forget this whole thing and uh, kill ourselves and then by doing that, we wouldn't have to go through what the next 60 years or 70 years would bring. This is what happens when, when pharmaceuticals, which has its origin in the root of witchcraft, this is what happens when it gets that deep. Okay? This is why people on the news do those bizarre things, right? So we're smoking, and we're smoking, and we, we, we kind of decided who would go first, and it was me. I was going to go first, right? So uh, we finished smoking our wacky tobacco, and I looked at Stuart, and I said, you know, I don't know if I'll see you or not, and I pulled the trigger back, put my finger on the hammer. At that second, a car comes flying up the embankment straight up in the air. I'm not not 
15, 20 feet, comes down on the pavement, bam, 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 with sparkies and all this stuff, and you can hear glass shattering. And I'm like, and so I turn my head because I'm like, what is that? And five seconds later, another car, exact same thing, up straight up, no, 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 up, and then it comes up, bam, 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 same thing. And I'm sitting there with the gun in my hand against my temple, turning my head, looking at what, like, like, it's like, I didn't know if it was a comedy show. I didn't know what was going on. It was the weirdest thing in the universe. Like, this is so bizarre. And then the other car, first car, it starts cruising out towards the exit of the school. The second car is chasing it. There's people in the second car with their hands out going, you know, like you can tell they're fist, you know, like they're, they're making signs with their hands and fingers, but let's say they're not all fantastic. And so you're just, I'm just in there watching the whole thing. So Stuart and I, because we are not in our right mind, walk out of the pit onto the cement. I still have the gun in my hand pointed against my head with the, the back of it pulled, and we're looking at it, and the second car is the janitors of the school. And the first car, as you can, we were able to look over, was doing donuts, and the janitors had jumped in to chase them. Okay, so the janitors pull up; they see us. This is this. I try to tell you. So the janitors pull up and they see us, and they're like, "Hey!" And they see that I have a gun pressed against my head, and they're like, "Hey, what you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh." Well, Stuart and I figured out, you know, we don't really care about life, so we've decided we're going to kill ourselves. And they were all like, huh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, since you're going to kill yourselves, why don't you give us a few minutes to talk to you and show you some things, and uh, and then if you decide you want to kill yourself, you can, but just give us a couple seconds to show you a few things. And we're like, okay. <laughs> because... There was no rhyme or reason to what we were thinking. It wasn't this logical process. We were stoned out of our minds. Now, I want you to think about how bizarre. Just just focus in. Five seconds later, you wouldn't be hearing the show. Period. Just five seconds. You know what? It only takes a moment for a miracle. And while I had plans, God had plans. And while I thought I knew nothing, God had something planned out. And he had planted Sarah in our lives to be praying over us. And the Lord must have said yes. (laughs) That's my only response. Because God saved me from absolute certain death. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The janitor's Bring us into the school. There was, I can't remember if there's three or four now. So it's get that gets, gets the longer my time goes on, the, the fuzzier there gets at least three. And one of them made black light posters. And he goes, you know, he goes, I'd like to give you one of my posters. And maybe before you blow your brains out, you can go home and put it up on your wall. And because back then black light was just everything. And uh, and uh, and actually it was pretty good. <laughs> I was just gonna say it was a pretty good poster. I'm not gonna lie about. It. And uh, and he said, well, let's just put the gun down. Let's just talk things as we talk. 
walked and we walked through the schools and it was a Saturday, by the way. And so nobody is there. And then we asked for a favor. And yes, we shouldn't have done it. But we asked if we could. Uh, we had a particular math teacher we didn't like. And so we decided to use her room as a party room for a little while. And uh, that was just, you know, part of it. And they were more accommodating than anybody should have been. But I think it was all part of the plan that God had in order for me to understand that I wasn't going to be allowed to take my life because it wasn't time yet. Uh, he had a purpose and a plan. Okay. So I'm going to stop it there. We're going to do one. We're going to do one other segment. We'll take that segment all the way through. I'm going to give an answer to a trivia because you can't leave trivia hanging because that's just, that's not just, just not very nice. Uh, and the answer to that trivia is which Jewish prophet who lived in the time of Ahab is mentioned in the last chapter of the book of Malachi. And the answer is Elijah, Elijah, just so you can know. And all you have to do is look in the very last chapter of the Old Testament figure that out. And uh, the, what we're going to do is we're going to take our break, give me a chance to kind of recoup, and then I'll tell you about the decision time because that's a whole separate thing. And all of these could be an hour long, but not an hour long today. So here's our exit, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Destroying everyone and everything we fight the This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from, from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe. This September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ, if you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey, this book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie. Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. 
thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just we got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, Good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers here yeah, in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? She said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to do one more trivia question because we think we should. Oh, I think we should. <laughs> Chris didn't say we have to do one, but I'm, I think we should do one. Uh, which rich and powerful man did Ruth marry? Which Rich and powerful man did Ruth marry. Okay, so if uh, if you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We're also going to send you to the website. That is a place to give, plus many other things uh this testimony will eventually be on there as well if you ever want to play it for anybody uh please check out he must increase.org prayer request he must increase.org praise report he must increase.org looking to give to this ministry he must increase.org confused by what's happening right now he must increase.org he must increase.org <laughs> Uh, I just like the one that has all of them now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I can't help you. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. That's the Will Rogers. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm good. I hope you're more better. I am better. I'm doing really good today. I love sharing my testimony. Let me tell you, after that testimony, you better be better. <laughs> Wait, the big part's yet to come. You haven't heard the big part yet. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, my friend, here we go. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Which rich and powerful man did Ruth marry? That would have been Boaz. That is correct, sir. You are right. And you know, if Boaz didn't marry her, he'd be ruthless. <laughs> see, 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 this is kind of a bad oh, job. Oh, I right? love that. <laughs> excellent job, my brother. Excellent, excellent job. I really appreciate Thank you. it. All right. Wish you a blessed day, sir. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay. We did that. We did that. Uh, we're not going to play the history song, but I'm going to read one thing from history because I I took the time to write it. 
You see, this is my problem is I don't mind except for I took the time to write it. So today is Pecan Day. It's also Waffle Day. It's National Lobster Newberg Day. I mean, those are all good. <clears throat> is that? I mean, lobster's good, right? Waffles are good. I like pecans on my waffles. <laughs> I think it all works. Is that right? Yeah. All right. It's Tolkien Reading Day. Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. His own words. Three of the most important, uh, most important are its Christian sense of purpose, his Christian sense of providence, and his Christian sense of morality. That's what uh, J.L. To- J.R. Tolkien, right? J.L.R. J.R.L. J.L. You know, I get confused. <laughs> yeah, that's a shock. Um, <clears throat> so just to let you know. Okay. Uh, and that's it on that one. All right. We'll go back to the testimony. Okay. All right. Uh, so here we go. So I was, uh, you would think after an experience like that, that I would make some kind of decision or something from the Lord for the Lord. That's not what happened. So after that, I carried on my merry way. Just, you know, maybe, I don't know if I was wiser. (laughs) That's probably not the answer. Uh, but I carried on my merry way and then my mom and dad got a divorce and you think, uh oh. And so my dad uh, bought, for those of you that don't know or are familiar with, uh, Arizona, my dad bought a house on uh, Camelback Mountain, and my mom bought a house on Mummy Mountain. To give you an idea of where we were at, my neighbor uh, was uh, a golf legend, Tom Weisskopf. He was my neighbor. In fact, he came over and played basketball with me when I was, this before I was saved, and uh, he whooped me. And it was my basketball court. And then he turned to me and he said, uh, maybe I picked the wrong sport. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. It's like, really? And that guy's the guy that's doing, he was the number five in the world at that time. And then uh, he's, he does golf courses all over and so on and so forth. That was my neighbor. They, and he was actually from Ohio State because I rubbed it in when Michigan beat Ohio State one year. That doesn't happen a lot, but it did happen. So that's lucky. So anyway, uh, I'm in Arizona, and my mom and I are living in uh, half a mansion by ourselves uh, in in on Mummy Mountain. My dad has a house on Kelbeck Mountain, and then he's got the, a big house in, in Michigan. They sold the other house, split the money, blah, 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 and that was never an issue. My brother moves to Phoenix, Arizona, and goes to a work goes to work for a place called Phoenix Pest Control because my dad wouldn't give him money unless he tried to work and get a job because that was tough love back then, you know? I'll pay for everything but get a job. Anyway, so (laughs) I'm not even going to comment to that. So uh, he meets this guy, and this guy tells him about Jesus, okay? So then Billy, my brother, calls me on the phone. And he goes, hey, he goes, I need you to come and talk with me. And I'm like, okay, why? And he's like, I got to tell you about Jesus. And now keep in mind that I am a seasoned recreational, pharmaceutical recreational. I'm a purveyor as well as a, 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 a user. So I'm using this one. And I'm like, you've got to talk to me about what? And he says, I need to talk to you about Jesus. And I said, Bill, I said, when you get you get more drugs to free up, let me know. And then I hung up on him. So my brother calls me back, and I hung up on him. My brother calls me back, and I hung up on him. And I, my brother calls me back, and I had a few choice words for him, speaking in tongues that we are not allowed to speak in, and then hung up on him. And this went on for th- three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks or something. It was just every day. It was just like the most annoying thing. It was like the sound of my voice, just annoying, all right? 
And so he keeps trying to witness to me, and I keep telling him, you know, I'm not interested. I have nothing. There's nothing you can say to me. There's nothing you can do. Zero. Right? I mean, after all, that's what most people say to, to us now, right? There's nothing you can say to me. Nothing will change my mind. So just before he hangs up, he says this. Hey, this is the, the umpteenth time, so I'm just speeding along most of this because it's hard to do in a radio show. But he says, didn't you used to like comic books? And I'm like, yeah, right? Because, you know, I don't so, right? He goes, well, he goes, didn't the comic books, wasn't that, you know, was there some guy in there that was like bigger or stronger or, you know, kind of overseed everybody else? And I'm like, yeah, that's the Watcher. The Watcher used to watch the universes. And he goes, was there a really bad guy? And I go, yeah, that's Galacticus. And Galactus used to go and consume planets for energy and kill people. And he goes, all right, cool. He goes, God is the Watcher and Satan is Galacticus. That silence you're hearing was the silence that I had on the end, on the phone. Like, wait, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, this is how it goes. He goes, now, what's more amazing is what I'm going to tell you. So he goes, yeah. So the really big guy, that's the watcher. He's watching over everything. And then that bad guy, that's Satan. And he says, he's just making these connections. And my brain neurons are firing at 50 trillion miles an hour. going, Because I've always hoped that something like that was real so i said tell me a little more right not much more and don't irritate me i'll just hang up on you because you know i was all that in a bag of chips right boom 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 anyhow he tells me a little bit more about jesus intervening the problem that he had is he didn't know the comic book world, but he happened to be describing a particular comic book where the Fantastic Four with the Silver Surfer intervene with the help of the Watcher to stop Galactics, Galacticus from eating Earth. And I brought that up in the conversation, and he goes, that's Jesus Christ. So now I have the ultimate bad guy, the ultimate good guy, and somebody in between who's saving the earth and saving the planet, and that's Jesus Christ. And now I'm thinking, hey, this gospel thing sounds pretty good. Now, I know many of you are thinking, well, you know, it should be this, you should this, you this. It's like, listen, the Lord knows exactly how to do what he does when he does it with each person. This is not a mystery to God. God's not up there going, well, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Okay, that doesn't happen. God knows what each next step needs to be. So all Billy did was repeat that same three premises about 5,000 times on the phone. And then I said, all right, I can buy that. I'm, 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 I'm in for that. And so, you know, he's thinking, you know, yay. And I'm thinking, whatever, let's do this, get this over. So I go over to his house, and they, he has a friend who's shared with him from Phoenix versus from Phoenix Pest Control, sorry. And he's sharing, and it's kind of reiterating what Billy's saying, but I'm only thinking about the images that Billy told me. Because what he's the other guy's saying is much more uh, biblical truth, but my brain wasn't 
there. I was image-oriented, and so I could only see it in my mind as ultimate bad guy, ultimate good guy, somebody in between, and that in-between person saved the earth. Okay, I got it. <laughs> it was like, so in my pursuit in the comic books, it was good versus evil, which, of course, is why I have a big disappointment in, in the comic books today, just so you can know. So then they say, well, I say, okay, so what I got to do to sign up? Because I'm thinking you sign a piece of paper, right? Right? I mean, it's like, the, it's like right? It's like going to a gym or something, isn't it? Don't you see a little card or something that has your face on it? I am one of them or something? And uh, they go, well, all you got to do is say this prayer. And I'm like, okay. No, this is no, just follow with me. It's, you need to confess your sins. You need to turn, turn you know, to ask the Lord to help you and forgive you. And I stopped them. And I said, you're not telling me to quit smoking pot, are you? I said, because you're doing that, I'm out the door. That's exactly what I said to them. And they were like, just ask Jesus into your heart. They were just like pulling way back, right? And so I asked Jesus into my heart in a very short prayer, told them that was fantastic, and went out and left. After they did that, and they gave me a Bible, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I, I take the Bible, throw it in the car. I'm done. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I'm going to do my nightly things. There's nothing else happening. And for the next two or three weeks, there was nothing happening except apparently when you say yes to Jesus, you give permission for Jesus to start integrating his truth into your life, whether you know it or not. And as things were moving along in my life, little sparklets of spirituality started to emerge. And in a, I know people are like, well, I don't think you were saved, but I don't care what you think. That doesn't matter to me. In the transitional process of in, in saying yes and then having the, the – the, we'll have to do the deliverance uh, uh, completely another time because that's an hour by itself. But in that transitional process, I just started to say yes a little more. So what I did was – because I like comic books. They had given me a good news Bible. What's great about the good news Bible is it has stick pictures in the Bible. So what I did is I thought, well, I like that it's got like pictures in it. That's cool, right? So I would do things I shouldn't do, but then I would read the book of Galatians because it had the most pictures. And I kept doing that unknowing that the truth of God was penetrating piece by piece. I didn't I didn't know. Nobody told me. And to be quite honest, Billy didn't know. Nobody knew. He was just happy he scored one. I mean, let's be honest. But I read just a little bit more, and I read a little bit more. And for some reason, and this is why this is why you hear me get um, angrier now about people are like, it's got to be this version, this version. You're going to be kidding me. God used this Bible to save me. And we'll get to deliverance point the next time we share the testament. But he used that verse. No ifs, ands, or buts. I knew the gospel straight. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, 2, and 3, the gospel is not overly complex. We make it complex because we're people. <laughs> and I remember this. 
okay? I made this decision, and everybody, by the way, has to make that decision. That's where you, you have the First Kings chapter 18, verse 21. Elijah went before the people, said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. you got to make a choice. If you're listening right now and you've never made that choice, you need to make that choice for the kingdom of God, or you won't be in the kingdom of God. So this is the thing that I'm going to share with you that might upset a few people. And that is, so in this process, this was one of the most significant things that happened to me. I knew that I wasn't doing very good on the drug drug side of things. But I wasn't stopping or wasn't doing anything different. So I asked God... In a prayer, I just said, "Am I gonna make it? Is this, is this gonna even, is this even real, or is it, am I just losing it?" Right? I wasn't stopping doing the drugs. I just said, "Am I gonna make? Am I gonna make it?" And I had a dream that night, and I don't often wake up and remember dreams, so that's why this is. You're talking 42 and a half years ago. This is like I remember this like you wouldn't believe. And there was a a king and he was dressed in like this long robe and a taller hat not like a pope hat but kind of like you know just taller hat and uh uh and he had his arm around me and there was this viewer kind of like a 24 inch wide by maybe 30 feet no 24 inch tall by 30 feet long kind of like those kind of viewers and he would go Pointing, he goes, well, here you did this, and here you did this. And I'm not kidding at all. And he goes, and here you did this. And he goes, and that wasn't good. And he goes, I'm not kidding. And he goes, here you did this. He goes, but here you accepted my son, Jesus Christ. And that's why you're here. So when I woke up, I was like, I think I had a dream from God. Now, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is simple. I'm not spiritual enough to get a dream from God. I'm not authoritative enough. I don't get it. I'm not understanding it. But I had a dream from God. So I thought that was the greatest thing ever. And you know what I said to God? Thank you. I didn't even think that, even at that moment, I was going to stop doing anything. I didn't think that for a split. Nothing entered my mind. I just said one thing. Thank you. But from that moment on, his depth of reach into my mind, into my heart, grew greater and greater and greater. And if you're a person who has tried to make a decision of whether or not it's worth moving forward in your faith, I cannot express to you in words how the last... 43 years has been the greatest adventure any person could ever know. Yeah, there's a lot of pain. Yep, a lot of joy, a lot of victories, a lot of losses. But there has always been at the core for me the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. And while you might be on the fence... I promise you that fence is only going to hurt your butt. Get off it. Make the decision. I don't care if you do a fancy prayer. I understand people disagree as how to get to I get it. I get it. 
But for me, I'm telling you what happened. I said yes. I said, please be in my heart. Then I let it go, but the Lord never let me go. And that's the difference. So whether you contact somebody at a radio station or at a church or something, you, know, you want it to be a Bible-believing, born-again church, any Bible church will do kind of thing. You know, doesn't matter if it's Baptist or Pentecostal, it's not going to matter. Start the process and say yes to the Lord. If you say yes, you will be on a path that the Lord will reveal to you greater and greater light and give you greater and greater life. I just encourage you to ask Jesus into your heart by faith. There's a classic saying. Is it going to help? Couldn't hurt. <laughs> Get it? All right. So you guys pray with me. I'm praying about whether to take this next Friday to the next level, and there's just uh, about 20 levels if you ever want to get into it. But that's the testimony from my heart. Uh, I only had four notes and nothing else, and you got what you got, and I hope it was a blessing for you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 72 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More spoonanity and insanity together. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.